1: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their
0: story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
3: The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Welcome to the Chelsea fancast fueled by Guinness, powered by celery, irritated by Jonathan Kidd. the oh. show that is definitely toppper league. Well that's my prerogative, you see as because you know I can I can do that in the beginning of the show. But anyway, after an annoying hiatus, uh, thanks to the international break, we got back to the serious business of Chelsea attempting to continue their winning streak against Middlesbrough on Sunday. And passed the test. They most certainly did. Uh, now, whilst it might have looked like a tough and, in the end, tense one 0 win against a stubborn and well-organised borough, the truth is that we had uh, that had we buried a number of good chances, we could have actually all relaxed and found a wedding to gate crash and get drunk uh, for free. Uh, at now six wins, six clean sheets since the Arsenal horror show, and we are now back where we belong, top of the league. Who needs a wedding to gate crash? That's more than enough for me to celebrate. Now, I am Stanford Chidge, and the name of tonight's show is The Chelsea Fancast Job Done. Because I do believe it was. Now, on the show tonight, we have the wonderfully spiky tonight, actually. Uh, I didn't press go on the live thing for good reason. But, Jonathan, how are you? I'm
0: very good, thanks, Chidge. Very, very good. And it it worries me how uh, happy I become when we win. And... um, uh, despite uh, uh, the earlier contrition that we had, I'm—I uh, was so relieved at the end of yesterday. I've been very happy, despite uh, strange things happening in my life. I'm—I'm uh, very—I'm—I'm um, I'm very very happy about.
3: Uh, well, I was—I was going to say, I think the sobriquet uh, "You're the best behaved supporter when we win, but you're a right bunch of bastards when we lose" seemed very appropriate. But I'm sorry to hear there's some strange things going on in your life. I hope all is well.
0: Thank you. All is interesting as always
3: yeah all right not a chat for on air i feel um, i feel lovely, not yes lovely to have you back it seems like ages since we've been on air it really annoys me when we have these bloody international breaks uh and uh, also we had a, a a major technology uh you know fuck up basically that's the only i think that's the technical way to put it which meant that the last time i uh we, we could have done a show with clayton we couldn't do it mate but we've got you back on now and i'm delighted to have you with us Absolutely
2: delighted to be on. Thank you very much for asking me back.
3: Well, you know, I so said apologies that the last time, you know, it all went pear shaped, and we had to I know, abort the you show. had a
2: cold, and you had problems with Virgin. You know that happens. Yeah, I had. Every now
3: and yeah, again. well, careful how we say that, but uh, it Virgin <laughs> me- it was Virgin Media now. Well, that—that's that, um,
2: why I hung it out there like that. You know how you it is. did.
3: You, you tear them up, I'll knock them out of the park. Now, uh, the last, but by no means least, we have a. A man who was actually there yesterday and who, I have it on good authority, has thawed out. Uh, and, and, and a wonderful man he is too. Always a pleasure having Dan Levine on the show. Hello. Good evening.
1: Lovely to be here. Uh,
3: and I hope you're not doing it on your bike with owls hooting like you were last night on TalkSport. Uh,
1: well, excuse me. Um, what you mean? You mean Speaking. <laughs> <laughs> or, as regards to anything else
3: yes okay i think i can see where i can see already where this show is going tonight so i shall Your, move swiftly along all right now on the show tonight uh we will be asking how much of a test beating middlesbrough was and why we need to kill teams off in part two we'll be asking what the key reasons for chelsea's renaissance under antonio conte are and we'll be heaping the praise on costa pedro kante louise and hazard to name but five In part three, with the relaunch of our website, I feel a drum roll coming on but I can't be bothered, Uh, we will look at CFC Science's blog looking at Chelsea's performances in November or uh, it's kind of the is the remember, remember, we're shit in November aphorism, myth or fact. Uh, Now we'll also be looking ahead to the Spurs match next weekend, of course which always carries with it great significance and import. Now, in part four, we've got two cracking emails to discuss, so uh, get your... uh, Drink your honey and um, what's it you drink? Before, what is it you have to drink before you do a voiceover, Jonathan?
0: Uh, honey and lager. Honey and lager. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's pretty good. I can recommend that highly. Uh, anyway, agar, so agar, John-
0: agar, agar, agar. I'm goggling.
3: Yeah, John- Jonathan is, will be doing his vocal exercises throughout the show. It is the highlight of the show. <laughs> <as we know. laughs> Now, don't forget, you can listen to the show live every Monday, apart from when there's an international break or when Chelsea are playing, and uh, we go out live at 7 o'clock on Mixler, And you can find that at mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast. And, of course, you can join in the chat, and you can post on the live chat page, as so many do. And we've got a few people. It's amazing, isn't it, when we've had a break, you know. Uh, last time uh, we did a show live, uh, we had, um, I'd say, three times the number of people that are in there there today. It's amazing how quickly people forget that we're live every bloody Monday. It's pretty simple, people. But I am delighted to see, I just off the top of my head, I can see Kurt Chelsea, Mark Barfoot, Ali Fragley, K Spicer, the Hague Blue, Blue St. Paul Blue, Andrew South. There's loads of people in there already, many of whom we know and love. Uh, so get in there. You know it makes sense. Uh, also, of course, follow us on Twitter at ChelseaFanCast. And uh, if you tweet us during the show, I might even try and uh, I might actually try and respond. It, you know, it has has been known in the past occasionally. Now, uh, before we get into the meat and two veg of uh, tonight's show, I kind of it's kind like a bit of an announcement to make, really. I don't know, a bit of a statement. I don't know, but um, some of you will probably no doubt be aware that uh, last Thursday I had the utter indignity of having to sit in a room of thousands, a thousand football bloggers in. The uh, hospitality suite in the Sir Alex Ferguson stand at Old Trafford. Um, but other than that, it was great. But no, we had the Football Blogging Awards finals and the wa- the awards due therein. And sadly, we did not get the hat-trick, uh, I'm afraid. But never mind. Um, I mean, to be honest, I was a little miffed at not winning because being Chelsea, I-, I-, I don't like losing. Uh, you know, none of us like losing, really. But especially when it- it's the Scousers, that kind of is a bit of a... You know, a bit of a knife in an open wound. But there we go. Now, look, we've had an exceptional run um, in the five years since the awards have been going. Or, in fact, four years, I think. Anyway, 2012 was the first one. Uh, We've been finalists four times and won it twice. Uh, And the only time we missed out was because I forgot to enter. So I think, you know, it's a pretty good record, so we shouldn't be downhearted. Uh, The reality is, of course, is that the Anfield Wrap is pretty much a professional outfit, and they all work on it full time for money. And of course, Scousers are obsessive to the point of being a cult, as we all know. And simply put, they can pull in more votes than we can. Uh, my head told me that we uh, wouldn't beat them, but there was a little piece in my heart that felt that we could pull it off. But uh, that, that all said, uh, congratulations to the Anfield Rap. Anyway, the bottom line is that we enjoy doing the Chelsea Fancast and of course you lot enjoy listening to it. And frankly, that has always been what it's about and is worth far more than any award. Uh, And I've been reflecting on on, on what the Chelsea fan cast uh, really is all about over the weekend. Um, The thing that I'm most proud of and will always be proud of and humbled by is the fact that we've brought people together from all over the world. Uh, We've met many of them. We've got drunk with them. We've experienced Chelsea together as it should be experienced. Uh, Sharing our experience of what Chelsea is all about and making many, many friends in the process has, is and always will be our greatest achievement. And I'm very, very proud and humbled, as I said, by that. And I've made so many friends in the process. And at the end of the day, that's mainly down to you lot who listen to the show. Come and see us at the games and email us and tweet us and tell you how much you love it. So thank you to you lot for all of your support over the last eight years. It is very much appreciated. Um, Bravo. Bravo, indeed. Bravo. Well said, well said. Thank you, thank you. No, I mean it was quite because I was a bit miffed, you know. I was. I'll be honest with you. You don't like losing, you know.
2: I, th- uh, I think I'm... the problem that you had was you had Cannaville on the on the uh, on the judges. He obviously voted for the Amphill rap. I think that. was <laughs> No, no, that was a
3: different award, mate. I mean, I did see Paul oh, there it? actually. Yeah, 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 they have well, two I saw awards. saw the
2: photo with you? I thought he was on that award.
3: No, 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 I don't no, joke, no, anyway. no, no, um,
2: no. It's it's brilliant, mate. It's really good. Um, lots of people like it. Lots of people love it. And it's it's a great thing, and and you 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 know, but I don't think people realise how much effort you put into these things. I mean, you know, we get your your 15 page scripts. I mean, you know, you don't get paid for it. You you basically just get on with it, and I think it's great. And and as long as you're happy to carry on doing it, I'm happy to be invited and spout my crap. There you go. Well,
3: there you go. Exactly. I mean, exactly. I mean, echoing echoing the sentiments that I that I have as well, mate. And uh, you know, it, it's not as much work as I like to make. Make it out. I mean, actually, if you think about it, the Anfield Rap is is now pretty much a twenty four seven bloody radio channel. I mean, they do forty shows a month. You know, it's insane. So they're well, they bigger... are a lot.
2: They have a lot to to talk about, don't they? Bless them.
3: Well, clearly they do. But I mean, it's a bigger outfit than us. So it's, no, it's what I'm really trying to say is, it's no shame to lose to them actually, because uh, you know they really do run it as a very tight ship. And Congratulations to them as well. I'm not. I'm not going to be a miserable scroton. And all that. Now, a, a final thing before we get into uh, talking about Chelsea, which is kind of really what we're here for, um, is a very, very happy birthday to a very long time uh, and well-loved uh, listener, actually. Uh, a, a certain Mr. James Coppert uh, is going to be, I don't know how old he's going to be, actually, but it's his birthday on the 24th of November, I believe. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure he'll correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but James is a lovely lad. I mean, you know, in a sense, you know, saying what I just said about, you know, not winning the thing and what this show really is all about. James is kind of the embodiment of that. You know, he's somebody that listened from the early days and he's come down to see us a few times at games. He's also generated generated. He's also donated generously to the uh, by the boys a beer fund in the past. It hasn't gone unnoticed, James. So I would on behalf of all the listeners and all of the lads here tonight, just want to wish you a very, very happy birthday, James. And the other thing is, um, I know that you're after a ticket for either the Spurs or the City game, and I'm putting a shout out here now. If anybody can help uh, James, um, you know he finds it a bit difficult to get around because he's got a bit of an illness. So uh, um, you know, it'd be really nice if we could get James a ticket for his birthday, either Spurs or City. I will put the shout out to other people too, but if uh, if we could do that, it'd be great. So there we go. Happy birthday, James!
1: Happy birthday, James! Happy birthday, James! Happy birthday,
3: James. There you go. Everybody said happy birthday. Um, And I can't resist reading this out because uh, basically it's from uh, the Reverend Tony Glover who will be on next week. um, And he knows that I love Rush. And he says, I'll quote Rush, Chidge. Glittering prizes and endless compromises shatter the illusion of integrity. We don't need prizes. Fuck them, Chidge. We'll be back. (laughs) You can't say fairer than that. Now, on that happy point, we'll have a quick break and then we'll be back. (laughs) time to talk football no more messing around um basically uh I, you know my, my thoughts on the game really are that we we passed another test uh I thought this could be a bit tough and as it proved really Middlesbrough I thought were very very uh well organized but uh I'll I'll pump this one out to, to to uh to Dan first I mean do you think it was tougher than it looked Dan or should it have been three nil or more we we certainly created enough chances didn't we
1: yeah, I mean, it was tough. I was expecting it to be tough. I did a piece with the um, Evening Gazette in Middlesbrough during the week, and I said beforehand that we were all expecting it to be a tough one. It, having seen the way Borough lined up against Arsenal and City, playing that sort of very tight ship at the back and playing on the counter, we knew what was coming. Um, and I think early on, we were quite lucky not to go behind. We, we didn't look really to be in the game from the from the from the off immediately. Um, but as it developed, we um, we clearly looked more dominant and. Uh, I think we could have maybe scored two or three in the end. But um, I think these, these are real tests during the season, aren't they? We've seen this before when we've had really good sides. It's, it's almost not the big, big games that are the toughest tests. Often it's these sort of games, the, 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 the niggly sides in the north of England where you go away and it's a miserable, dark, cold evening. And, and you know, test passed.
3: Mm, absolutely, I mean, Jonathan. Uh, you know what? What? what did, I, mean, I mean, I'd be curious to know what you think because, uh, you know, I, I've been very worried about you particularly. Um, I'm always worried about me, but you know, it's all been going too well, and I and, I, and uh, yeah, I'm just waiting, waiting for a, 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 a rash of negativity to break out and gloom and doom because you are <laughs> you and I are gloom and doom merchants
0: on the show. Normally, well, no, aren't I, we? we're gloom and doom merchants, chid, because of the memories of supporting yes. Chelsea for so long, and I'm I'm yes. uh, I'm worse than you. I've you know are the the, the dark days of the 70s to the to the 80s were, have have traumatized me. So I I I, it, I spent the I spent the whole of the of the of the game convinced that they would score a lucky deflected goal. It doesn't make it. I, for the whole of the 90 minutes, I thought they'll have some ridiculous shot from the corner that will just hit somebody's head and go in or something. Very similar to the goal that John Terry gave away today in the. Uh, in the strange premier league 2 match that i found myself watching this afternoon um, where the southampton player um, had a shot that was clearly going to hit the corner flag hit him on the shoulder and went in the net and i yeah. thought well, that was going to be happening uh, um, to be fair to, be fair it, to john
3: terry uh, to john, jk to be fair to john terry he's only a young lad i'm sure he'll get better and he'll really really make his mark on the team eventually
0: it will he will eventually yes it's all very peculiar watching that watching fabregas him and uh, um and um Zuma playing at uh, and having to get the ball themselves and went into the hedge. It was very peculiar at uh, at Cobham on Chelsea TV today, but anyway, but yeah, so I spent um uh, I was so tense and particularly as Dan was saying, the first 10 minutes uh, you, they were they were all over us. We were very tentative, and I thought, come on, come on, you've got to stamp your authority as you can do. Um, but uh, um, we are a very good team, and uh, um, I kept thinking, well, you know, we'll score. I never doubted we would score. I have to say, but you're absolutely right. They they are they were very well organised, and uh, and it's a very tough, very tough job to 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 beat these very well organised sides. But because they were so trying to cope with with dealing with the um, the three four three, it meant that effectively uh, they didn't have as many shots as they could could have. Um, uh, but no, I I I uh, I was as tense as a, as a. Um, as a, 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 a what's the expression a a, a kitten in a, a tense thing Yeah, an tent a kitten in a in a yeah i can't think of a terrible image but you, know you were very I mean?
3: tense but, jonathan i get it um yeah clayton uh, i i think it's interesting isn't it we're all kind of picking up on the same theme really and and and, and, and uh, i'm sure you you of all people will appreciate this but i mean sadly because i was at home watching it on the telly rather than there uh, i did follow a little bit of it on twitter which is always quite interesting to say the least Um, But I I thought it was really also very interesting that that, uh, not only did Conte, the the one kind of point that he made in the the, the post-match presser was needing to kill teams off, uh, which I wholeheartedly agree with. But Michael Ballack was saying it. uh, it, Michael Ballack was very, very active on Twitter yesterday and uh, was coming out with some hilarious stuff. But one of the things he said was they really need to kill this off. Um, They really did need to kill it off, didn't they? And it could have saved us all a bit of a tense last 10 minutes.
2: Um, yeah, they could have done. Um uh just going back to, to where we started, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a better result as weeks go by because I think you look at Borough's home form, they've lost to Watford, they've lost to palace. Um so but I think that when you have to go there at squeaky bum time, I think that's gonna be really difficult. And I think it's a really, really good three points. Yes, we should have been more clinical. Um I know that we'll talk about Pedro and the fantastic save, but I'm going to be a curmudgeon and say that if Pedro would have hit those, both those shots on the floor, he would have scored both of them. But that's, that's just me. Um, I think, you know, there was a lovely little ball that Costa played through the Victor Moses. It was a shot by Alonso. You know, we, we played really well. Um, And I think that they were, they were a decent side. They were hard to beat, but yeah, I mean, it it was frustrating um, that we didn't kill it off because you know, you talk about you two being negative, but I think any football supporter of any team, you go one up, you're watching on TV. And I think it's easier in the stadium because you actually think you can influence it. But you what you what all you do is spend the next X number of minutes waiting for the other side to score. It's perverse. It really is. Despite what you see, you know, and for God's sake, Borough had the temerity to have a shot
3: on target. 77 yeah, good, minutes. good save by Courtois I thought as well. Oh,
2: that that man everybody wanted out of the club 5 minutes ago. Mm, yeah, yeah, that yeah, was yeah, a good yeah. save. Anyway,
0: but he's yeah, He hasn't done it for me yet though, Clayton. I'm I'm still think he's uh, he's Well, he hasn't
2: done it on a on a cold dark Sunday afternoon in Middlesbrough. Once...
0: One save That's not done it for me yet.
2: Oh, don't get me started, mate. Don't get me started. <laughs> one save. Um, he's
3: only got one save. He's only anyway, got one save. Anyway, the bottom,
2: the bottom line is I think we could have won the game more comfortably, but I, I, to be fair, I think if we would have won that 2-3-0, that would that would have been a bit unfair on Borough.
3: Mm. I just, thought they were decent, why... actually. Dan,
2: sorry, go sorry, on, mate.
1: Sorry, just while we're on the subject of uh, keepers, Clayton, what, what was your thinking on uh, Victor Valdes yesterday? Because I thought he was absolutely superb.
2: I, I think he's a really decent goalkeeper, considering he spent most of his career doing nothing, sitting on a deck chair watching Messi score goals. I think he's he played really, really well. Um, I, I, as I say, I'm being slightly, um, what's the word, antagonistic. I mean, the save he made from Pedro was world-class. And funnily enough, I actually thought equally as good was the save he made from Alonso down to his left at the beginning of the second half. I thought that was a really good thing. I think they were a decent side and he played well yeah um so yes I do do think he's a decent keeper
3: uh, Dan kind of returning to your your point that you were making uh you know pretty much earlier on in the show um that, you know what I tell you what I, particularly early on when they were you know singling out Hazard for for kicks I mean you know I don't know why but the uh or, or how but the bassist for you too seemed to be uh playing for Middlesbrough yesterday and he was kicking lumps out of Hazard at the get-go, and I had a feeling that this was going to be a bit like that infamous match uh, against Blackburn in Mourinho's first season, where where they they basically stood up to the fight, and and I thought that that was a really pivotal match in that campaign. And
0: other, other than front, Robin, who, who unfortunately got um, didn't stand up anymore, he got kicked so much. Well, he injured, he got
3: absolutely it? yeah, he did, didn't he? That's true. He broke Jonathan. his foot, but, I mean, didn't he? Yeah, but there's a, yeah. there was a sense to me that this, this, I, I had a feeling that this was, in in a weird sort of sense, this was going to be a really big test, uh, and I, I feel they passed it. But at the end of the day, Dan, sorry, long rambling question, but at the end of the day, you know, these, as you said, these are the matches you've got to win if you are serious about winning the title, aren't they?
1: Yeah, yeah, completely. Um, and it's funny you should mention the Blackburn game because I was sat next to uh, Simon Johnson from the Standard, uh, who uh, who covers Chelsea, um, and. Uh, I said I mentioned to him that that Blackburn Blackburn game in particular, um, and we said we agreed that though there are an awful lot of hallmarks that are very similar, the thing with Blackburn was it was a, a game much later in the season. It was almost the one where you knew that things were going to happen. So you know that's not quite the case here, but there was the same sort of display of character, I think, the same display of of organisation, of willingness, and all those things that you need in a team that's going to perform to the highest level. Um, and and to do it, as as has already been pointed out, on a on a cold uh, Sunday evening in the rain on Teesside, uh, all, all the better.
3: Mm. Well, I I think you know what 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 interests me is the fact that um, I think not only um, is Antonio Conte uh, instilling a lot more confidence and belief into a team whose confidence and belief was shot to pieces last season. But I'm beginning to think that he's putting a little bit of confidence and belief back into us. I mean, wasn't it joyous to hear the strains of that famous old English folk song Topper Lee uh, coming out of the way end in Middlesbrough? Uh, it's, a been, it's been a while since we've been able to sing sing along the old Topper Lee song, isn't it, Jonathan?
0: I don't even remember what it is, Chidge. Remind oh, me. Oh, for God's sake. I knew, I knew I shouldn't have asked that to you. We're <laughs> toppily. We're toppily.
3: We're oh, toppily. Yes,
0: we're
3: toppily.
0: We I thought yeah. you were saying it was some ancient kind of. We're toppily, toppily. <laughs> <laughs> Top,
3: oh there go. Yeah. Okay folks, the, worst, the, uh, the, the, worst, the remix the remix of Topo will be available <laughs> yeah, courtesy exactly, Jonathan exactly. Kid after this. Sorry, show. sorry.
0: It's, I, I apologize. Tumbleweed. <laughs> of course it's Topo Yes, of course. Sorry, yeah. No, you should, should do apply. it for the
3: Rudy V's mate. You should you should adapt it to an old English folk song for your next Rudy V's set mate. That's what I reckon.
0: Yeah, okay, okay. I'll uh, I'll Yes, write no. That down and no? I'll, yeah, I'll write you down and then ignore it. No, I'll I yeah. 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 Anyway, are you going to answer me? Yeah, I have.
3: Oh, is that, and that was it. Okay, Clayton. I mean, you know, Clayton and Dan. I don't mind. Well, actually, Dan, because you were there. Um, you know, it's oh, you, oh, you be... wanted
0: me to answer the top of the fact we were top of the league. I didn't get. Yes, you, sorry, I didn't hear. Or you, top so, of the okay. pops. Take, take your pick. Oh, tell, am I pleased with top of the league? are You saying?
3: Well, okay. Let's. Shall I, shall I start again? Should we just like pretend that the last five minutes was was down to hallucinogens? Oh, top of really the league. Happen. Can
0: we stay there? Yes. Yes. Um, uh, unless we have found out. But I um, because I don't think we're going to be found out because Kerman said uh, uh, he thought we played three, four, three better than anybody he'd ever seen um, with with great energy. And, and while we're talking about um, uh, uh, the speed and energy of the team, which is one of the things that seems to phase people. I, I, one of the people who hasn't been mentioned very much has been Alonso, who uh, I, th- I think has been getting better and better. I mean, he's, he's prone to occasionally giving the ball away, but he seems to fit into the team absolutely perfectly um and he's he's probably better attacking than he is defending uh but it it, it works and it means you've got five superb up front players you know you've got uh, and he's basically playing left winger you've got Moses playing um who's supposed to be a full back at the same time as it was my theory that in actual fact why have ivanovic constantly centering the ball badly when you can have a winger playing there and centering the ball well and he just gets back so quickly so you've got pedro wandering I'm not wandering pedro Sprinting about all over the place and uh, in a kind of free roll, kind of inside right position and hazard as well. You've just got um, unbelievably quick attackers. Five attackers. I think it's it's superb. And it's a question of how they, whether they get sussed or not. Right? Whether oppositions work out how to play against them. If they can't work it out, we'll stay top of the league. Yeah. Yeah,
3: that's a that's a really good point, actually, Jonathan. I mean, Dan, I, 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 this occurred to me actually because you know I, I thought at the beginning of the match, I I did get the feeling that uh, they were slightly off. Chelsea was slightly off the pace and I thought, oh, bloody typical, you know, they're not on it. The international break has has ruined the momentum. And I thought Middlesbrough are quite clever because they were, they were trying to attack the space between uh, Alonso and Moses and uh, our back three. And, and, and yet, and yet we still managed to work that out and, 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 you know, still dominated the game in many respects. So, you know, even though teams are, uh, you know, trying to work out how we're playing and and trying to negate that, we still seem to have the edge on them, Dan. I mean, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I think as we we do it so very very well. But um, as well as, I mean, at some time, some stage, I think we may be found out. There is a possibility of that. And and w- what's been said about the urgency and the pace and the way we drive games is is the the almost the the way to head that off. But I think there's one other thing to be to be worried about that hasn't yet been mentioned. It's not necessarily us being found out, but us really running out of steam. You know, we've we've got a very very thin first team. We mm. start with the same five uh, in five games, in a row, we start with the same eleven players, um, there seems to be very very little depth in in that squad, at least as far as the manager is concerned. Um, and it doesn't take much. It only takes an injury. It only takes a, a suspension. We've been hanging on tent hooks for five six games now with Diego Costa, who has been absolute star in, in giving the, the referee as wide a berth as you could possibly give a referee um, and it shows the, the complete turnaround that we've, we've, we've had in his personality but all it takes is a simple thing like that and I think if you watch the way that Chelsea played at West Ham in the League Cup, okay it, it was a low priority competition um, but we didn't have Costa, we didn't have Hazard and we looked like a completely different team and that's It was
0: se- seven players though he did change for that though Dan
1: that is true, yep. But uh, it it also shows, um, you know, West West Ham had a much stronger side than us out, um, and uh, you know that but they are a far far weaker squad, and that just shows a little bit of concern for the depth that's in the squad and maybe mm-hmm. some of the work that needs to be done in January.
3: Yeah, it's a very good point. I'd like can we I'd like to pick that up actually in part two because I think that was a, a very very interesting point because we're going to actually focus a little bit more on, on some of the uh, the players who I think are, are, are you know really helping. Uh, to, to put us in the position that we are at the moment. So, after after a very quick break, we will be back to talk about that.
0: The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com. Real fans, real opinions.
1: I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters. And proper
3: Chelsea. Okay, welcome back. I am Stanford Chidge and you are listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Although I dropped the football a long time ago. So let's just, just be, you know, we're all friends. Let's call it the Chelsea Fancast for God's sake. Anyway, I, I am joined by the ever, uh, the ever entertaining Mr. Jonathan Kidd.
0: Oh, thank you, Chidge. Thank you. Thanks. Hello, team. I-
3: I'm I'm joined by the studious Clayton Beerman. Good evening. And I'm also joined by the uh, the ever present uh, on on your nation's uh, radio
0: stations, Mr. Dan
3: Levine.
1: Coming through loud and clear.
0: There we go. Dan, Dan with his I love, new the, beat I love the, the studious good evening from, uh, for Clayton. There was very good. Good evening. Came across as being very studious. I was very studious in my good evening. <laughs>
3: Well, oh, there we go. Now, uh, before we get back to talking about the uh, Chelsea Middlesbrough game, um, I have a plug, of course, for uh, the the other show that we do every week on the Chelsea Fancast, uh, which, of course, is the Kerry Dixon Preview Show, which I, I generally try and do on a or record it on a Thursday or a Friday, depending on when the great man is available. Um, I mean, it really is great fun. I mean, if you haven't listened to it, because I'll be honest with you, people, there's about half the amount of people listening to the Kerry Dixon show. As i listening to the Chelsea fancast on the Monday, which I cannot fathom. If I was if I was you lot, I would I'd be more interested to listen to Kerry Dixon than I would be to me. And the other thing is, uh, it's it's I mean, what is not to like about this show? A, it's only half an hour, so it's not two hours of us waffling on. It's half an hour. Two, it talks about uh, something that's relevant, like the game coming up. And three, mainly Kerry speaks, and I don't speak much at all. What is not to like about that? So. Get off your asses and download this bloody show on a Friday before uh, before the weekend and enjoy it. It's cracking stuff. And uh, and while we're on the subject, of course, Kerry's got a, uh, a, a biography out called Upfront, which is a, uh, available from uh, all good stores and Amazon for 15 quid. And I do believe that Kerry will be doing a book signing uh, at the CFC UK stall uh, before the Spurs game. So make sure you catch up with him there. All right. Now, before the uh, break, we were talking about you know the lack of uh, lack of uh, depth po- possibly in Chelsea's squad. But uh, before we uh, analyze that a little bit more, I, I think it's very- it's worth pointing out. I mean, you know, six wins in a row now, six clean sheets. Uh, apparently, that's been done something like nine or ten times in the Premier League, and half of them have been by Chelsea. Uh, but the other thing that really caught my eye was that um, our team has been unchanged. For the last five games. And the last time I think Chelsea... I think it, it's either the last time Chelsea did that was in 1990. Or if they do it again in the next match, that's the last time. I can't remember which. But bottom line is, it's a long time since Chelsea have had a completely unchanged team. Um, and I think that that really does ping straight into what, what Dan was saying before the break. Uh, that, you know, we've got a very good eleven that Conte seems to have complete uh, faith in. Who are carrying out his instructions to a T and it's working wonderfully well. But, you know, what happens? What happens if something happens to these key players? And I don't know what the other blokes think, but right now, um, other than Hazard and Costa, who are always key, we know that. But I think in terms of the system that Conte's playing, um, Luis is fundamental to it. Moses and Alonso are fundamental to it. But for me, the man who binds this all together is is Kante and or or they, they I don't know what it is with the commentators they still insist on calling him Conte, the absolute Berks that they are. He is Kante in my book. But anyway, you know, I you know, I remember when people used to talk about um um about McAuley McAuley. And, and yeah and, and, and Ranieri used to refer to him as the battery in the watch. For me, Kante is the metronome of that side because he absolutely dictates the, the pace of the game and the tempo at which Chelsea play and his, his knack for not just uh, winning the ball back or disrupting an attack, which is of course is what, what you know, McAlealy did so brilliantly, but his skill on the ball to set up attacks, his first... first, uh, He always looks to pass the ball forward and set an attacker. And for me, you know, he is absolutely critical to this side. And actually, as I said, as are Luis, as are Moses and Alonso in terms of the way Chelsea are playing. And if anything happens to any of those four... I, I really wonder what would happen. Clayton, I'm gonna give you first dibs at this one.
2: Okay. Um I think Kante is out on his own. I think I've said it last time I was on here. He or he, he's basically one in a, in a generation. You know, a player comes along every now and again who is just unique and is just brilliant at what they do. And so if anything happens to him, I think you're stuffed because he's he what he does is unique and you'd have to play in a different way. And I'm confident that our manager would actually sort it out and would play in a different way to compensate for him not being there. One of the things I thought was quite interesting yesterday, and there was, uh, we were a little bit slow off the blocks, but the thing I sort of was thinking, we were slow off the blocks because a certain player wasn't actually playing that well at the beginning. And that was Hazard. And I, I do think that he makes that whole thing tick from the halfway line onwards. Because I think when he's not doing anything, we are, the whole energy level of the side seems to drop. If you think the first 15 minutes and you think the last 20 minutes, because I think he was absolutely shattered. I don't know what anybody else thinks, but I think he was out on his what's-its for the last 15, 20 minutes. Um, but yeah, I think we're we're sort of It's interesting because you look at the players in that side and if after we trooped off against Arsenal, you would have said, oh, don't worry, in six weeks' time we'll be top of the league and some of your best performers are going to be Moses, Pedro, uh, and Matic. You would have said, of course they are, mate, and here's the way to the funny farm. You don't know what he can do with some of those squad players. I had a a little bit of a Twitter, not spat, but I, I put something out there last week. Because there were like, when the, when the rumors were that Oscar was on his way or could potentially be on his way, there were people, oh, yeah, brilliant, you know, oh, well, we'll pay his cab fare, we'll get rid of him, we'll take him <laughs> down the station, all this, that, and the other. And I just said, hello, were you not saying that about Matic two months ago? Do you want to take him down the station now? No, of course you don't. The point is that this guy, this manager that we've got, is fantastic. What he's done with the raw materials that he had, I mean, don't get me wrong, raw materials, there's some fantastic players there, but those players weren't playing to their potential. They weren't playing anywhere near to their potential. So, yes, I think, you know, what Dan said is quite right. We are, it's difficult to imagine in our squad, somebody stepping in and doing what Alonso is doing or doing what Moses is doing. And I agree with the David Luiz thing, but you just don't know. You know, he, he could bring somebody in and you think, blimey, I didn't know he could do that. Because you just look at what he's doing at the moment. So I think there is a very real problem that if, if one of those key players does get injured, uh, we may be in trouble. There might be somebody coming in at Christmas, maybe one or two. But that's my my thing is I think that he could bring people in and they do a job. I think the West Ham game was a one-off seven players, you know, it's like when you've got a team that never played together and you then expect immediately for them to gel. That's unrealistic. But I'm, yeah, I, I, I think the squad needs a bit more in it. Um, but as I say, don't route, write off people that aren't playing at the moment. I mean, you look at Chaloba, who came in yesterday. So, so calm. So, you know, so mature for a young kid. I mean, he didn't do anything brilliant. He didn't do anything, you know. You think, oh wow, he should. but he just stepped in, did his job, listened to what he was told to do. Fantastic. So
3: well, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up I'm gonna pick up on uh, Chaloba, I think to hopefully towards the end of this part actually, That's a good point, Clayton. Jonathan, I mean, do you, do you think Clayton Clayton's got a good point there? I think I think we are very quick to write people off, and I, I think if anything, you know, this season has 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 proved that uh, you know. Yeah, players can be out of form and mismanaged possibly and, and then suddenly they can, you know, look as good as they were before that. I mean, has he, has well, he got it, a point?
0: It, it shows what a, a disaster um, last year was and how the manager completely lost the dressing room, I think. Was um, there palpable discord? I <laughs> think there may have been, actually. and mm. by uh, There's a very good... Somebody wrote a very good book about that. Um, I believe that uh, to be the case. Uh, yeah, that was... What was it... Uh, uh, a goalie, somebody or other. I can't That's remember so awesome. it was. Yeah, anyway, it was, it, it was you, Clayton. It was you. Um, uh, I, I think, uh, and also the the the. Uh, I mean, I was I was reading some tweets from last year. In fact, one of which was uh, keep the manager and sell all the players, as if the club would ever do that. But um, uh, would have it, been funny been, though. it would have yes, been funny <laughs> to uh, have a kind of bring and buy sale with the whole of the year. Uh, it's a bit like sport, we did in seventy four um, and five, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Well, we we did do it then, yes, because everybody wanted to keep Sexton, and then Sexton buggered off himself, didn't he? Um, but uh, no, I I I think um, it, it, it it's proved the, the board absolutely correct that uh, um, some of the players performed well below their uh, their abilities, and in this setup. I mean, I have to say, at the beginning of the season, they, we didn't look too hot, did we? It looks looked as if we were performing exactly the same way as we were before. They've been freed by the three... They've been liberated by the 343 three, haven't they, really? Um, they've been allowing them to express themselves. I mean, Cahill, everybody was, was very keen after the Arsenal game. You know, Cahill was on his way. And you now look, and he's, he's hardly making an error. I have to say that I think in the, the best of all possible teams, I'm not sure you'd find a place for Cahill if he's interested this... Um, December in in this January in buying uh, an Italian um, built like a shit house um, speedy centre half to go next to Louise who by the way was fabulous I felt mm-hmm. against Borough Louise completely brilliant a brilliant performance and I had a little exchange with um, with uh, uh, Tony Glover on uh, on Twitter apologising for having said I thought it wasn't a great purchase um, and uh, and it. Was a panic buy because he has been uh, absolutely immaculate. So uh, I, I'm, I agree with completely with what you said about uh, um, um, uh, uh, Clayton about the manager being wonderful. And I, I'm I'm what he's doing at the moment as well. Is it uh, according to some of the press conferences, the things I've heard heard from him? He's working on the physicality of the players to enable them to maintain this level of uh, of fitness and athleticism. And it may be that he manages to bring. Others through, I and mean, one of them won't be um, Loftus Cheek. I'm afraid I think has lost his opportunity, and I don't think at the moment it'll be Aina. Um, but uh, uh, it's a question of who. If there are only one or two people, I, I, I think we'll be able to ma- maintain the uh, um, the balance of the team. It's when there are several injuries or several people. Um, uh, serving time for yellow cards, uh, I think then it may be tricky. But as he was saying, the seven the seven from the West Ham game was just him trying people out. And I think some f- failed to step up um, to the occasion. Um, but, I, I, you know, it would be interesting to see w- whether, uh, whether Willian could come back in at some stage. I'm not convinced he can at the moment. Oh, yeah. And uh, Fabregas looked a little bit uh, sad today in this PL2 game. Um, and I still can't quite work out why he played Fabregas and uh, in in the middle of this setup this afternoon. Perhaps Make Dan sure his legs still work. I expect more about that. Well, p- perhaps yeah. But he, it all looked a bit. It all looked. You think, God, what's going on here? 15 people and a dog watching this game, and um, and you've got three internationals playing. I thought, well, this is very peculiar. But I mm, say, so Dan, do, do you know what what what's your opinion? And on that, which was going on today, why would he? Why would he run them out? Why would he run J T uh, um, Zuma and Fabregas out in that game just to give was, them give give them a go?
1: Yeah, maybe to give them a go to keep the match fit. That's a big part of it. You need to be playing constant football. You need to be keeping into the routine of doing that, and also to to show that you know he was there in person. Conte was there watching. He
0: was. He was indeed. Yeah.
1: To show that these are not forgotten people just because they're not getting game time. Um, whether or not we see any of them against Tottenham is a different matter, of course. Mm.
3: Yeah, Dan, I just want to just want to just want to move this on a little bit, uh, Dan, because I, I know you wrote uh, an exceptionally uh, good uh, blog or article on this today, actually. But uh, I think it, it, it's worth—I uh, mean, we could, we could praise nearly every one of that team at the moment, which is a lovely thing to be able to say. But, but you know, talking of renaissances, I think Costa. Uh, it's just absolutely on on fire at the moment i mean 10 goals in 12 games he's the the league's top scorer at the moment and i think in in particular we've all been shitting a brick since the arsenal game because he's he's on fire you know he he's one booking away from a from a a, a, a ban and yet he's been so disciplined and and i know he's had anger management uh, down at chelsea uh, something we could probably all benefit from at various stages um but he's just so oh, much more is. disciplined what, what, Jonathan. Oh. Yeah, well, I could, uh certainly, and you too, probably. Anyway, the bottom line is, Dan. Um, you know, t- tell us a little bit more about your thoughts on that, because as I said, I thought your article covered it really, really, really well.
1: He, he does look like a, li- a different man, doesn't he? And uh, you know, if he, if you remember when after getting those four yellow cards, uh, he, he then played against uh, Leicester, where he was signalling towards the bench, "Please take me off," um, because he, he he thought the whole world against him. He thought that a fifth yellow card was almost uh, a. a, a sort of a, a, a done conclusion. A given. yes a given and, and that he would therefore miss the next game not nothing at all since not a single mm. yellow card and not even hint of one and i think uh, it's probably the, the first time maybe going all the way back as far as his time at atletico that we've seen a sustained level of performance without any complications from diego costa now there are a couple of things i think at play here first of all he's obviously in the form of his life physically and and that wasn't the case at the beginning of last season I also think he's got a manager there who he can really, really respect and identify with. And I think having played the game at the very, very highest level, Conte, this is, I think that's a very major part of it. Um, he clearly had a, an awful lot of friction last season with Mourinho. And who knows where that came from? And and you know there have been rumours about various ways in which it, it manifested itself. But Mourinho, of course, didn't play the game. And you wonder how the thought processes go in Diego's mind and whether that's significant in it. But when you see at the end of a game, um, when, when Costa's had a, a great game, and he at the moment invariably does, almost the first man that Conte goes to and gives a man-like hug to is Costa. The two are just, uh, there's quite clearly a huge amount of respect there. And he's playing off that respect and the passion and the direction he's getting.
3: You you know what Dan I thought one of the one of the uh, most intriguing comparisons you made uh, really in ter- in terms of uh, of that respect that that Costa seems to have for Conte was with his relationship with Diego Simeone with with whom he was very very close uh, at, at Atletico and 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 that obviously as we know bore huge fruit and uh, you know I, I you know I wouldn't say Conte was quite the player that Simeone was but I think in terms of uh, what they achieved in the game, it's not far off. So uh, it, it seems to me, you know, and we've heard digs from other players like Hazard, haven't we, you know, about Mourinho, really digging at Mourinho, saying, well, he, he never played the game, so what does he know? But I think you're right. I think this kind of relationship with, with Conte, you know, he's a man's man. He's a footballer's footballer, uh, football coach in a way, do you think?
1: Yeah, yeah I, I definitely think so. And uh, this, you, you, Conte, you mean, or Costa? Yeah, Conte. Yeah, he is, and he is a real breath of fresh air. It's great to to watch him the the in, in press conferences. I've got to say he he um, he chooses his words very carefully. He's still learning the language, but he's getting on very very well. But what you see is um, a guy who, who clearly has a good sense of fun. A guy who's enjoying what he's doing, um, but he's enjoying it because it is a challenge. Um, and he's he's clearly, uh, if you look at some of the footage with him when he was uh, in his time at Juventus after they won their scudetto. The way he interacts with the players, um, it, there's clearly a, a real sense there of it's us and everyone else. Now, Mourinho, of course, made has made a career out of that. But there seems to be a different level here. Um, with Mourinho, it was also always this guy is, is the special one. This guy is something else. He's there to protect us. With Conte, it seems to be this guy is one of us. And that is quite a different dynamic. And I think that's why at the moment we're seeing such... A sort of an inclusive setup at Chelsea, and and such a lack of friction.
3: Well, I I think I think you you've hit the nail on the head there, Dan. And I think you know with Mourinho in charge, basically it's always about him. With Conte in charge, it's all about them. You know, and Very and nice. I think he's put putting the focus back on the players. Um, I tell you what, what something occurred to me actually. I'm going to ping this one out to Clayton. But what what's occurred to me, and I you know we we have covered this on the fancast a while back. I can't, I don't know if anybody remember, but you know, I I drew comparison between uh, Costa and and Drogba and and you know really in terms of their behavior when they first turned up at Chelsea. You know, Drogba was diving around all over the place trying to get penalties, and you know Costa's behavior was similar. And, and then there was a change. And and it, you know the the reason I want to bring out that comparison again is because it seems to me that like Drogba, when he changed, he focused on what he had to do and became the you know the consummate uh, team striker, if you like, you know. And it looks to me like Costa seems to be making that change as well, Clayton.
2: Yeah, you're, you're 100% correct. I think uh, we all remember the the period where Costa was diving all over the place. And I think I seem to remember it, it, it may have been the same game. It, it, he, he said something to the press afterwards. I think we'd beat Man City 2-0 at home. And he said something to the press which was misinterpreted where he said, yes, I did cheat because i think the ball went in off his hand or something and and there were there was like the crowd there there was a moment in mm. that game i think it was he got it looked like he got like a finger in the eye and he went down and the crowd turned on him and it was just like oh for god's sake get up and mm. there was i i mean dan would probably know more than i would but but the the stories was that after that game the senior players went over to him and said look you've got to stop you've got to stop doing this you know we want you playing for the team. And whatever happened, happened. And the rest, as they say, is history. Mm. I, I, you know, I, I, I think it's it's a funny comparison because when you look at Drogba now, and like all of our players have uh, sort of gone into that legendary status, you, you, you do actually forget that there was that moment. And the first game after Jose went, was that Bournemouth home game not Bournemouth um Sunderland home game where the crowd were all over the players and and what was it, it was Fabregas Hazard and Costa were the the rats and they <laughs> you know they, they were basically given you know no or doubt as, to, as as to what the the fans thought of them and you look at you look at where we are now which is less than a year or maybe just over a year afterwards and these guys are all lauded again. And why are they lauded? Because they're putting a shift in, because they're playing for the team. And one of the things that you, you mentioned earlier, that this thing about team, um, Now Quinn, who's just awful. I mean, he really is just the most dreadful summariser. Um, he said, oh, Victor Moses, man of the match, which is so lazy. Because Victor Moses is revelation having a great season, but it's so easy to say, yeah, Victor Moses man of the match. He wasn't man of the match. The team was. I know he got picked somebody and you know, pin the Who would you pick?
3: The... Who would you pick, Clayton? Yesterday. Mm.
2: No idea. Absolutely no idea. Because oh, you go can't. On, give tell it a me. Go. I'd I'd sort of say Louise or Alonso, but the one person I think who is absolutely under the radar at the moment who I think is absolutely fantastic is uh, Cesar I think he's magnificent at the moment he's basically covering along that back line if you notice and, and I think this is something that you talk about us getting found out there was a couple of times yesterday where balls were played behind the wing backs which I think is what Tottenham are going to do and I think that's what City are going to try and exploit but you notice who comes over you notice who just is patrolling I think it's brilliant. So, I can't say anybody was man of the match yesterday. There were so many good performances Mm. in 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 a
0: difficult game. He awarded um, uh, uh, Moses man of the match because he is reborn. You could almost tell because he kept mentioning all the clubs he'd been out on loan to, didn't he? Yeah,
2: but that's lazy, Jonathan. Completely. No, no, I'm 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 I'm
0: I'm in agreement. I'm in agreement. It's
2: cliched rubbish that you know the average punter wants to hear, but. They've been hearing that now for like two, three weeks. So they're going to like come Easter time. They're going to say, oh, that Victor Moses. Well, you know, OK, fine. He's reborn. He's doing really well. Great. Fantastic. But look at the rest of what's going on there. And there were so many good things yesterday. So many good things.
3: Jonathan, uh, you know, well, actually, you and Clayton pick picked this up earlier on. Um, but it was very interesting to see uh, Chaloba coming on uh, as the first sub, which is not the first time that Conte's Done this, and I mean I know he was trying to, you know, secure the game. I think really, but I had a minute. I yeah. had a chat with Kerry about this on, on the preview show last last week, and uh, it seems to me that you know Chaloba is, is now the next in line from from the vaunted uh, youth uh, academy, uh, and not Ruben Loftus Cheek. Um, and I think that, that you know, the, the two, I've got two questions really. One is. You know, do you expect or do you think that Chaloba will push on given that Conte seems to have this confidence in him? And secondly, where's Ruben Loftus' cheek and do you think he would benefit from going out on loan? Like, like Chaloba uh, well, has,
0: really. I've, I've, I've heard it rumoured that he was going to go out on loan in, uh, mm. in January. Um, but there, there's no comparison because at least Chaloba knows where he's playing. I get the impression, or they know where he plays. I get the impression they don't really know where... Loftus cheek plays, and you wonder whether um, he, he's in fact been pushed forward because uh, Abramovich was so keen on him, um, and they offered him the uh, the contract, the big contract, didn't they? Um, but I thought, I mean, you analysed it. The pressure on Chaloba uh, is is amazing, is huge, because he is he's first, who's turned too frequently in the last 15 minutes, um, and he does his job. He did a he did a very good block in the corner uh, with. Um, uh who was their their player who was uh, a what was his name um
1: Triori.
0: Triori. Triori. yeah yeah, very good block. he, he kept up with him and at a an, on occasion when they were they looked as if there was that wonderful moment where you've got to give the a, a huge credit to their crowd who I mean they had a, a drum which I can't stand, but they really got behind the team. They got behind the team like Stoke used to get behind them at the Britannia when they'd have a throw in and they' go completely berserk. Um, or even if they did a, a really rather meaty tackle, they'd have they'd all go mad because they 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 just that's what they used to do, and it was a very daunting atmosphere. And I I felt it was similarly a very uh, yeah. Um, very it's all the pollution
3: that they breathe in. in.
0: It, yeah, it, it forces them to try and get lung exercises <laughs> by breathing out, and isn't it doing all those songs? But there was there was that period where they were very much behind the team, and I I thought I thought you did really well, Jaloba. Um, mm. But yeah, you're you're right. I think it means that. Um, that uh, Loftus Cheek isn't—he's uh, well, not even on the subs at all, is he? So um, but he's injured. He, oh, is he injured? Oh well, that, that says it well. But it—it's not helping him being injured, is it, really? Because um, is its going past him. It's mm. like um, Van Ginkel, really. Poor Van Ginkel, who uh, you know he was playing today as part of the uh, um, the setup. He doesn't an, an older player because I think he's—I uh, can't work out the the rules exactly—but he was allowed to play in that. In that set, so, is he under 23, Van Ginkel? I can't remember. Um, but he played in the match today, and he looked off the pace again because he keeps getting injured. Mm. You know, I'm afraid you—you know—it's—it's—it's it? it's, 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 it's dog eat dog. You know, if you're not fit enough, you're not in the side. You—you—you you, you lose out. It's unlikely, I think, you're going to get back in again unless you're exceptional.
3: I think, Jonathan, you, this is, hopefully this is an, an analogy that that you—well, I—I know Clayton will too, and and were all big cricket fans but i think just just looking at, at, at some of the youth introductions that we've had in the past and i think you know in particular now looking at chaloba chaloba when he's come on and played for us looks like he knows exactly what he's doing he fits in perfectly he doesn't look like some kid playing whereas i think a lot of the others loftus cheek i think in many respects has looked out of their depth and the analogy Aine, that Aine i would as make well. Yeah, and the analogy A- that A- I would A- make A- is, is the cricketing one. And I think this, this fabulous kid, uh, ha- um, Hamid. Ha- Hamid, who, who, yeah. Who, yeah. Yeah, who's just been like, thrown into one of the most difficult uh, places to go and tour in international cricket, which is India. And he, he looks like he's been playing test cricket for 10 years. And I think this is the thing. you know, There's all this debate that goes on about the youth, and we're all desperate to see some of the kids playing. But I've always said, yeah, fine, but you've got to be good enough. And I think therein lies the, the, the clue, really, that if, you, if they play and they look like they've been born to it and they fit in immediately, then you know that they've got something about them. If they look out their depth, then, you know, maybe they need more time and maybe this is what's going on with Loftus-Cheek. Uh, Dan, what do you, what do you reckon?
1: Um, I think it is a very, very steep learning curve, and there's an awful lot of pressure on people to perform from the off, um, and that makes it very, very difficult for anyone to break through. But I think there are big, big differences that Conte has seen between particularly Chalabar and Loftus Cheek. Um, I think uh, the versatility of Chalabar has been, uh, and, and sort of the malleability, the, the, the ability to pick up the. Um, the formation and the system, which I think Loftus Cheek has made, maybe struggled with a little bit. I don't know if the, the little bit of time that Chelavas spent in Italy, where there are similar demands, has maybe helped a bit there. Maybe I'm yeah. just clutching at straws. I don't
3: know. I, um, I think I think that's but, a huge point, Dan. He's he's had more miles around the clock at a much higher level.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, but also, I think there's just a simple attitude issue here. Um, now, mm. there, there has there has been there have been rumours, there has been speculation about. Um, Loftus cheek, and and, and and who knows how much of that is true and how much of it isn't. But of course, what we do know is he's, he's a young lad on 65 grand a week who's got a contract like that for doing not very much. And and certainly, if I was in that position,
3: my kind of I, contract, I'd, mate,
1: exactly, I'd have an, an attitude in that situation. Are you, I are
2: know, you not yeah. on one of
1: those? I'm waiting for one of those from Trinity Murriette, you know. Yeah, um, <laughs> but, but but everything I hear about Chalabar is that he's very, very uh, mentally positive. And very very willing to, to to just muck in and do whatever. And you know, we talked about Moses again, somebody who's been in in the background has, has remained very very positive. And Conte seems to like those sorts of characters.
3: I think what what you're saying, Dan, and I, I, this will have to be the final point before we move into part three. But I and I and I'm, I have to be honest, and I agree and concur utterly with this. But I I, I think what we're seeing with Conte is that you know, G. J.K. There's no risk with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You win? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. He likes grounded players, you know, he doesn't like anybody who, you know, is up their own arse, frankly, for want of a better word. Now, I'm not for one minute saying that that's what Loftus-Cheek is like, I don't know him. But I I think, I I, I like the fact that you brought in Moses. Moses, if anybody knows, has had an incredibly difficult uh, background and upbringing, but it's kind of left him as a very grounded human being. And I think that's something that Conte clearly has tapped into, and it looks like the same with Chaloba. And again, I don't know Chaloba, but if you look at the number of clubs that he's played with and and, and made a really quite a, a decent impact on, you can see that this is this is a kid who's not been cosseted and has a bit of life experience. And I think that that's you know or clearly something that Conte loves. Now, listen, we've got to go to a break very annoyingly, but we'll be back uh, in a minute and. Uh, Well, I I can tell you that we've uh, uh, relaunched our our pretty shit website, but uh, it's now fantastic. Uh, And uh, to to prove that point, I'm going to talk about a blog that the wonderful CFC Science put up there yesterday, which talks about something that he thinks I coined the term uh, remember, remember, we're shit in November, but uh, he's come up with a cracking article which either proves or disproves that myth. We'll see you in a sec. fans real
1: opinions I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast Proper Chelsea.
2: FootballFancast.com
3: Welcome back I am Stanford Chidge and you are listening to the Podding Shed no no sorry you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast I I, I knew I'd uh, I'd get it wrong one day but there you go Um, and I am joined by the wonderful uh, Jonathan Kidd, Woo-hoo-hoo! the uh, ever-so-lovely Dan Levine, Hooray! and uh, and Mr. Clayton Beerman. Hello. The there you go. All very surreal. They go all surreal on me. Bloody hell. Uh, now, um, this is a bit of, we're going to kind of busk this part a bit. Uh, this is the beauty of not really, uh, you know, when we had two games a week, as we have done for most of the entire life of this uh of this podcast which has been going since 2008 um you know we have to cram everything in but i i kind of I, in a sense i i like the liberation that having no uh european football has, has has given us in terms of space in the show so um you know i've been meaning to tell you lot you lot this for a long time really and and of course you know i've completely forgotten to in all my excitement but uh over the last uh few uh weeks um you know, the wonderful people at Football Fancast uh, have been working very hard on uh, upgrading the website, the ChelseaFancast.com website, which is, is unique uh, in the plethora of uh, football supporter-oriented websites and the fact that we try very hard not to put any content on there whatsoever. Uh, we like to buck the trend. We don't believe in clickbait or articles for article's sake. We like to just occasionally bung one in when we feel like it, don't we, Clayton?
2: Or not, as the case may be, sir.
3: Yeah, I know. I need to set up a password and stuff for you so you can just put it up yourself. But uh, yes, in other words, enough, what I'm really enough. trying to say is that the webmaster, which would be me, is rubbish. And uh, it, it's very difficult for me to put articles up. But occasionally, apart from Clayton, who is probably the most uh, prolific, prolific blogger on the site, uh, we got a lovely one from my mate, uh, Who's called well? He's called Dave, but um, he he trends himself on Twitter as as CFC Science, and uh, he seemed to remember that uh, a few a few years back, uh, you know, when basically we were flying, came out the traps like Usain Bolt and then for no apparent reason whatsoever started playing like absolute shit in November. And uh, ever since, you know, whenever November comes along, I'm a bit trepidatious about this, and I came up with the aphorism, remember, remember, we're shit in November. Well, Dave, being a scientist at heart, thought that he would come up and uh, try and debunk this myth. Um, now, before I give you some hard scientific facts, people, I mean, obviously, please, 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 go and have a look at uh, com, particularly have a look at... Uh, cfc sciences blog but have a look at all the other stuff too because we've got uh we've now got like a separate page for all of kerry's shows we've got a live match center which kicks in on a on a match day where you've got all sorts of stuff going on um all the blogs are still there we've got another little section which i really like which is one called our friends where we've got a little bit more information about the cpo and the chelsea supporters trust cfc uk mark warrell uh, Chelsea in America, you name it. So there's lots of goodies there. And going forward, um, I am in uh, in massive recruitment mode for bloggers, you know, because me and Clayton can't do it all. Uh, so actually, if you're interested in writing for us, then you, m- you must let me know and I will get you in touch with Football Fancast and we'll sort something out. So we're going to go for that uh, over, I think, really. 2017 will be the year of ChelseaFancast.com. Anyway, um, before we get into all of that, I want to ask the lads... Um, you know what their what their feelings are on all this actually, and I, I shall I shall ask it to uh, Jonathan first. Um, you know, do you think it's a bit of a myth this wish it in November malarkey, Jonathan, or, or is your gut feeling saying that mm, you know possibly it is true? Uh,
0: it sounds like a myth to me, but as as we've established, I have very little memory of anything, Chidge, because uh, <laughs> um, so I can't really remember what, how, whether we play badly in November or not. So. Uh, it's pretty useless asking me. I mean, and also, I, I just, I just love us winning, and all I remember is us winning. If we don't, if we lose, I tend to banish it completely from my, uh, from my memory banks. So, uh, not the man to ask, I'm afraid.
3: I mean, Dan, it, it's funny, isn't it? I mean, you know, this is one of the things. I mean, I, I know this seems a bit self-indulgent that we're just talking about an article on, on on the on the website, but we're not really just talking about an article on the website. You see, this is one of the things that I kind of love about football. Uh, that that, that things happen and suddenly they they do become mythologised in a way, don't they? And I'll give you another example. Um, And and this is a bit naughty, so please forgive me, particularly you, Dan. Um, But, of course, there's this lovely myth that Chelsea always lose when we play in black... And of course, we played in black yesterday and we won, therefore, debunking the myth. And, and in, in homage to that, I was actually toying with the idea of calling this show Hurrah for the Black Shirts, but obviously, decency prohibited <laughs> me from
0: doing that. I think in these uh, post truth times, though, Chit, that would be a perfect title. <laughs>
2: yeah, no, no, great, great political um, uh, atmosphere to call it that. Oh uh, yeah. I, I, you're very surprised you didn't do that. Yeah. Well I was
3: going to, but then I remembered Dan was coming on the show and I knew Dan would have a go at me quite rightly. And it would have <laughs> it would have been misconstrued. Nobody would have seen the humour in it, I know. But you know what it, I mean, it's, Dan. It's weird how these well, the myths like, kind of come out, doesn't it, isn't it?
1: Well you probably would have got a page leading the Daily Mail out of it.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: um But it yeah, is it odd, isn't Dan? it, how these myths kind it of start, odd, yeah. doesn't it? It's
1: odd. I mean, if I suppose on on the subject of November, if you look at the Novembers we've had, and and the, the season you're talking about, um, I think must have been Ancelotti's second season um, when everything was started off well and it was all brought crumbling down by a number of different things, not least the whipping of the towel from underneath um, uh, Ray Wilkins's feet, and uh, and all of a sudden it felt like um, everything was crumbling apart. Um, since then, of course, we've had a number of bitty little seasons. And I think if you look at months in isolation, there have been plenty of other months in the calendar where we've done equally bad as November. Um, but it, you know, it so happened also that that uh, Mourinho sort of almost went 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 spiralling down in November. If you look at Mourinho's um, uh, decline, you know, is as much October as November as as it was December. Really, the whole the whole of the start of the season was was poor. And
0: August and August, well, surely.
1: Yeah, true. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. You 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 pick up little things, and there are little things I think based on people's personal experiences. You know, whether you were at the game or not. There's a lot of things. There are a lot of people, of course, who go week in, week out uh, uh, to to Stamford Bridge every single home game, and so they miss little parts of the trend that might be the the narrative, as as we like to talk about. that might be picked up from away grounds as well. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, these these days. As, as, as i think uh, jonathan was saying as we're so post-truth these days you know does it even matter if the narrative is true
3: <laughs> well in, indeed i mean you know uh, i think I, I think it's narrative is a wonderful word to use because of course na- for another word for narrative is story and yeah. in, in in a sense a story is something that's created rather than having any basis in fact um but I'm gonna I'm gonna before I come to Clayton on this, I am gonna I'm gonna give you the the, in the I'm gonna give you the facts in a post fact world. How about that? Um but you're dead right, actually, in, in, in saying that Carlos November when uh, they got rid of Ray Wilkins was a bit of turgid. Uh you could say the same about A V B. Uh you could also say the same about Robbie DiMatteo, Scolari? of course.
0: Yeah you what, Jonathan? Scolari as well. Scolari as well?
3: No, Scalari, Scolari got the boot after Christmas.
0: Yes, he did. I just wondered yeah. whether we'd had a dip. He couldn't get oh, I, Drogba I, to I... play at all. Could he, Scolari?
3: Yeah, I think there was all sorts of weirdness yeah, talking going Talking
0: about on earlier this... about you, you were talking about Costa earlier, and um, you know, being bad, and everybody talking to him. There was a period at the beginning of Scolari's reign where everybody thought that Drogba would be on his way by January because he wasn't, he wasn't performing at all. He wasn't interested yeah, in right. performing. Those for were Scolari. crazy
3: times. I mean, I think I think Dave's point in the article was very, very much kind of spot on about. I I, I think we tend to remember the awfulness of the November. Um, you know, in 2012 after, after we won the Champions League and it all went very, very pear-shaped for Robbie and, uh, and lo and behold, we ended up with the, uh, the fat Spanish waiter taking over, which is indelibly no, don't, don't, no, don't indelibly, no, no. indelibly, etched no. on people's minds. Anyway, look, here are, here are the facts according to CFC Science and who am I to argue with a very scholarly man such as him? But actually, the, the fact of the matter is is that over the period of about six years that he looked at this, and he kind of went into total win percentage, league win percentage, and points per game. But actually, you know what? November is our worst month over that period of time. Um, the other interesting thing about that is it's only matched in orphanness by May. But I think that there's a good reason for May being quite terrible, and that's basically we've usually won the title by then. So, so if you remember, Jose would always field field all the youngsters, wouldn't he? Come May if we'd already won it. So May I think is a bit of a blip. What is also interesting is actually what proved to be our best uh, months. And when I say best, I mean you know the the the, the poor months like November and May are about forty two percent win uh, ratio. But in eight in in August and in April, those are our, well August is our best month very closely followed by April. Um, and I just think it's lovely to see that April's so good, it being that that's obviously when titles are won, isn't it, chaps?
1: Yeah, it's also when Champions League semi-finals take place and things like that. Um, but uh, August is, is is not a surprise because we, we, we have got this um, this almost unrivaled um, history in, in, in the Premier League of coming out of the blocks first. We, we, we have, um, and, and this is how this season has been quite different because, of course, we 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 had not a not an especially great start but 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 you know remember that record we had for years and years and years of never having lost on the first yeah. day in the premier league
3: yeah that's true i mean i remember even back in the days when we were technically shit that we i mean you know i remember like was it the uh uh the 5-0 against derby for example in oh god would it have been 84
2: that was eighty three, eighty four. That was in that yeah. was in the fantastic season. That was the yeah. first game. That was on yeah. the back of that awful, awful season where we nearly went down, and we all were pinching ourselves after that game because it was just like, what has just happened? You know, I, I have just to say though, the Chelsea side. That's one of my favourite games ever.
3: Yeah, it's brilliant. I was talking to Kerry about that the other week, actually, on the on on the Kerry Dixon preview show, and he was, uh, that was going his on. Debut. It was, that's why he was talking about it. But uh, the, 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 just to counter that, actually, Clayton, one of my worst memories is when we lost to Carlisle at home in the first game of the season. Yeah!
2: Do you were know, there, weren't you, Jonathan? I
3: was of, there. One, one of, <laughs> I was there as
2: well. One of my first CFC UK pieces was about that game, 1974. John Sissons <laughs> and David Hay made their debut that day.
0: Oh yeah, God. Yeah, David Hay, I mean, 250,000
1: he cost.
2: Record signing from Celtic. It was. We turned, yeah. him, we turned him from a World <laughs> Cup midfield player into a blind fullback. In into couple an of old
0: years. man, a very yeah. old stumbling man. Outstanding work.
3: Anyway.
1: Sorry, Dan, okay. Dan, go on. I wasn't there, Dan. but I have an excuse, and that is that I, I, I was yet to be born for two months.
3: Well, I think, you know, Dan, that's that a very. that is that's
2: a, so bloody plastic. <laughs> yeah, it's a lame excuse.
3: Lame excuse, mate. Look, Dan, actually, uh, you know, mo- moving things along. I mean, I, before before I do that, actually, I'd just like to say, you know, uh, please check out the website and particularly going forward into the new year. We've got a, a grand plan coming up. the the, the, pa- the powers that be at Football Fancast are throwing their not inconsiderable weight behind it. And I promise you we're going to have it's going to be like a proper website with content on there shock horror probe but don't don't fear not you'll still get right, hopefully that still...
2: antonio content
3: oh very yeah. good yeah i like
0: it oh, oh i
3: like it a lot well clayton i hope i hope you know if 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 for example i i you know give you the access that you need i hope we'll be seeing far more of your work on there as well because you, you do write some great stuff and even dan is welcome if i can afford him i'd, I'd love to write you a piece there you go if i can afford you
1: I'm sure I can do you do a special rate for the price of a pint.
3: <laughs> well, that would be lovely because I have to say, Dan, and I'm not just saying this to get you to write for the website and to blow smoke up your arse, but I, I absolutely always love uh, reading your stuff. And not least because it, there's quite a few Chelsea writers out there who I, I see an article they write and I think, I was thinking exactly the same as that. That's fantastic. So you can, you do the writing so I don't have to. So there we go. Anyway, the moving smoke, this on. The smoke on, tickles, Chidge. And... The smoke tickles. You what? The smoke tickles, The smoke tickles. <laughs> Lovely. Listen, moving this on and talking about great myths, one one of the great myths of football, of course, is that Tottenham Hotspur have beaten Chelsea in the league sometime within the last 25 years. Of course, all Chelsea supporters know that this is not true. Anyway, we've got Tottenham coming up on uh, on Saturday which as we all know is our uh, is our biggest game of the season. It always is. I don't care about United, Liverpool, Arsenal, it doesn't matter. It's all about beating Spurs, not least because of this fantastic record we have against them, Dan. So what do you think is going to happen?
1: It's a tough one, isn't it? It's certainly the the, the first big test for the new system, the 3-4-3 three, three is not really, although I mean people talk about Manchester United you can now see what's what's going on with Jose at Manchester United. It's not, not quite um, what uh, what he would hope and what United fans would hope. This is, though, a game against a side that is doing very, very well, that's got an awful lot of uh, promise and has got a very, very good squad and a decent manager, it's got to be said. Um, it's going to be difficult because the way we like to play, and I think you said this earlier, is something that, that you can see Spurs liking to attack. You can see them liking to use width to get behind us. You can see them maybe trying to get the niggle in. And apart from all that, they've got that extra chip on the shoulder to play for. Because let's be honest, they've been singing about that night where we destroyed their title hopes every, ever, ever since. Um, I've, I've never known a side to, to to make its own song up about the, t- the night they lost the league. Um, yeah. But that's Tottenham all over. Um, so it will be a, a, an incredible game. It'll be a 5.30 Saturday kickoff. So it will be bouncing in there. Um, and uh, I, I'm sure, like everyone else, I can't wait.
3: Hmm. I tell you what, though, one one other thing that occurs to me, actually, what will be interesting to see is if they adopt the same tactics that they, they used last season, which is to try and kick us off the park, which singularly failed, I, I'm I'm delighted to, to see, because, uh, you know, there was a part of me that, that felt for quite a while that actually one way to get to Chelsea was just to kick them enough, because I didn't think that we had the, the players with the mental toughness and the physicality to to withstand that but we did with flying colors and you know in a derby match like that and remember that i I am i am no football purist so to to watch two sides that hate each other kicking lumps out of each other is my my idea of heaven um but dan do you do you you think that tottenham will do that again or will they try and beat us playing football
1: um it's difficult to know i mean you, you don't know where their heads are at the moment um Uh, It's um, interesting to see, of course, that that, that one of the guys who's been talking about that game and wanted to get his own back ever since Danny Rose is not even going to be playing in the game because he's going to be banned. Um, But uh, you know, it's going to be charged in there. I think there's going to be a lot of people with an awful lot of agendas to settle. Um, Mm. And uh, I think it's going to be well. uh, Hopefully, it's going to be a great, great game of football.
3: It's going to be tasty, Uh, Clayton. um, You know, what are your thoughts? What are you looking forward to most, apart from beating them, obviously?
2: Uh, going home afterwards. I, it's it's a game that I love to. I, it's a game that I love to win more than any other. Yeah. Um, I I just can't. I, I mean, I find it difficult to breathe. I just hate the game. I really do. Um, if anybody would have told me 26 years ago uh, that 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 night, I think, or, or evening, that I left when we lost at home to Spurs and Gary Lineker and David Howells scored. And we lost 2-1. If somebody would have said to me, do you know what? If they ain't going to beat you for at least 26 years. I would have taken that, <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> um, it's fantastic. It's absolutely brilliant. Of all the teams to have that record against them, I think that um, I think it's going to be a war. I think Costa is going to finally pick up his fifth booking. They are going to wind him up mercilessly. Um, I I do... I mean, I look at the side and they've been incredibly disciplined. But I think this is going to be a, a huge test. Um, they haven't lost all season, but by the same token, they haven't won that many games either. Um, they are a better team than anybody we've played in the in the six games that we've we've gone on this run don't know. We, we've got momentum. I don't think they have. I mean, the, the good thing is that they're playing in, in Europe this week. And I think, not that I'm a sad person, but I was looking at the, their their group. And I think they've got to win on Tuesday. And I think if they don't win, um, they could be headed for the Europa League, which is wonderful news. And I think what happens in midweek could have a, a, a big bearing on how they how they play us. Um I think mentally, I think if they sort of go out of Europe, which I think, uh, sorry, go out of the Champions League, which I think they can do if the results go the right way, I don't think they're going to be in a good place. Mm. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, the, the thing is, the, the one thing about the Premier League this year is that teams are, you know, they, there's nobody standing out. I mean, we're playing some fantastic stuff at the moment and, and we should be quite confident because I don't think they are. Um, I mean, I didn't see any of the game on Saturday. I, I sort of was concentrating on my phone, laughing a lot and then being in absolute despair when I saw sort of <laughs> he scored those, those two goals in the last minute. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's a really difficult one to call. I, I do actually think that, that, that probably it will be a draw because I just mm. think that the, the football is going to go out the window.
3: Proper derby match, isn't it? Really, I mean, mm. it's, it's interesting, Jonathan, isn't it? Because of course, I've managed to erase out of my my mind the uh, defeat that we endured a couple of seasons ago up at White Hart Lane. So, of course, you know, the fight was it five three,
0: which I think they, they didn't they it's create in, enamel badges for. Didn't well, they they, they certainly made yeah. a DVD. So basically, made the record DVD the, about it as well. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. The record, yeah, I, the record, I, I, really. Is uh, is 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 obviously you know we've not lost them at home so uh, that's what we're clinging yeah, yeah. On to. Jonathan, I, what, I, I mean, I don't know. have
0: the same problem as everybody else does because I'm I'm so much older than all of you because of course the the team that I despair of and was so pleased when we beat them in the league cup a, a few seasons ago and I went to Ellen Road and got there at half time because I I left so late I was so keen to get there. Um, what did we win five one I think it was. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was because uh, they're they're my they're my hated team I was spat at by lead supporters after we'd beaten them in the uh, replay at uh, old Trafford in 1970 and uh, um, and that's somewhat stayed with me but so I, I don't have the same uh, I don't have the same problem with with um, wanting to maintain the the record I don't I don't I don't uh, I don't bear them any ill, Ill will actually I, I'm but I I I actually think that I don't think they're playing very well at the moment, despite being um, uh, undefeated. Um, And I think we're going to win easily. Mm. Um, And I think despite their making, uh, trying to kick us, I think they won't won't be able to live with us. Because, Mm. and I I can't agree with you saying they're the best team that we played against. I think Everton was supposedly the best team we played against at the time because they had the best defensive record and we completely took them to the cleaners. And uh, I think it will be a a much more charged atmosphere. But I... I, uh, I foresee a, a, a drubbing. Actually, I think we're going to really, really, um, we're going to win by three goals. I think.
3: Well, I, Chidge, I bloody well. I... Yeah, Dan, please come in.
1: Sorry, can I just say something, Chidge, about um, Spurs playing away in Europe this week? They've got uh, Monaco away, so that means that we've got the advantage that they're going to be legged around Monte Carlo by the Grimaldi ultras <laughs> tomorrow
3: night. <laughs> love it, love it. Um, the only thing I'm really hoping for, other than a than a Chelsea win uh, and to keep the record going, um, is for uh, Harry Winks to play because uh, the the thought of forty thousand Chelsea fans saying Harry Winks a winker is just too much for me to bear. So, <laughs> you know.
0: but, okay, can uh, I just you say know. something here, yeah, briefly? Um, you've got about your, the black shirt thing. I still yes. don't understand why we play in black at all. I never have done, when the yellow shirts with blue shorts was such a fantastic away away kit.
3: Yeah. This is going
0: back yeah. and it had yeah, yeah. it had great um uh tradition as well coming from the sixties as it did. I think Doherty introduced it originally. Um, yeah but
2: but John Jonathan you don't understand what a terrible clash our blue shirts would have been against the red of middlesbrough yesterday
0: so it's obviously why we changed to black yeah 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 but that that always confuses me i keep thinking there must oh my have some oh god i mean what deal. is that i Isn't mean that it's weird absolutely uh, agree It's, what, it's what shirt selling it just yeah, it it's just trying to it is. what it is absolutely right um I'm a, I'm a, but yeah uh, and, and some of even some of the black ones had some of that what was the one they had with the blue and white check on it god that was just so peculiar that shirt but uh, but anyway but yes and, and even even the red red shirt with the white shorts and the green green and 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 red that. socks that Love was a that. great great outfit I agree. so we've got these alternatives i suppose red is something one doesn't really want to associate with but but blue and yellow i'm, I'm you so know,
2: the, know, what, the, the version on? of that which was the the sort of the hungry shirt with the white one the green and red
0: yeah yeah yeah. with the, the stripe flash down, down, down
2: the middle it. fantastic
0: the well. i agree completely Kip horn. But but even at the beginning Abramovich is white with the blue and black flash that was S- the silk like cut
2: basket
3: yeah no the em- embassy lovely. embassy number the 10 embassy 10, uh, sorry but the anyway, black look, off. we should oh, boys please. much as anyway, i love you I all we need to move on because we're running yeah. out of time and i have got a few plugs to to dish out in our usual style um I'll first meet. of all chelsea supporters trust uh, join the trust get your voice heard by the club it's 5 pounds to become a voting member or free for non-voting members. Sign up at Chelsea Supporters Trust.com so you can attend the meetings, come to the events and vote on the issues that directly affect you, and make sure you get your voice heard. Follow them on Twitter at Chelsea S Trust. Uh, I do believe that the new edition of CFC UK was out for the Middlesbrough match. Um, I've contributed a review of Walter Ottens' new novel *Poppy*, which is quite frankly brilliant. And uh, you can get Walter's book from Gate17.co.uk or Amazon. Uh, and of course, if you can't, uh, you know, pitch up to the uh, the CFC UK stall opposite Fulham Broadway on a home match day in person, you can always get it digitally by subscribing online at CFCUK.net. And if you're in the USA, you can follow the Twitter account at CFCUKUSA. And you can get a a, a proper copy uh, rather than a digital one from there. Uh, Now, CPO, very important. It's uh, coming up for the AGM in January. And that, in view of the stadium, uh, what's going on there could be quite interesting. Now, if you want to own a little bit of Chelsea and protect the future of the club, go and buy a share in the Chelsea pitch owners who own the freehold of Stamford Bridge and whose aim is to ensure that Chelsea Football Club will remain playing football at Stamford Bridge forever. Uh, now, to find out how to buy a share for around 100 quid, uh, email info at chelseapitchowners.com or check out chelseafc.com forward slash fans forward slash chelsea hyphen pitch hyphen owners, and you can follow them on Twitter at pitchowners. Um, and incidentally, actually, uh, one of the new things on the website, uh, the bit under our friends, you've got more details about how to get in touch with the CPO, the supporters trust, Um, CFC UK, uh, Gate 17, all of that kind of thing. So do check it out if you want to have a bit more information. Uh, And finally, on our little shout-out bit, uh, there is an event coming up on Friday the 25th of November, uh, and it's an audience with Bobby Tambling, who, until Frankie Lampard did the business, had been our record goal scorer for a very, very long time. And he's he's an absolutely fantastic bloke, uh, a lovely gent. I remember when he came to uh, the legendary Chelsea fancast party, that we had at, uh, at Putney Station. He basically sat downstairs and there was a stream of people uh, who wanted to go and have a word with him, have their photograph taken with him all night, which is brilliant. Lovely, lovely man. Including, now,
0: Including me, Chidge. Including, including
3: me. you, including me. We've got photographs to prove it. Now, it starts at 8 yes. o'clock, uh, Friday the 25th of November. The bar's open at 7pm. Tickets are 12 quid in advance, £15 pounds on the night, and it's at the Vice President's Lounge of Sutton United Football Club, uh, the Borough Sports Ground, Gander Green Lane, Sutton. Uh, if you want to go or get more info, uh, email suttonsports at sky.com via tickets and info or check out uh, www.suttonunited.net. There we go. Now, after the break, it's time for your emails. Real fans, real opinions.
1: I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea Football
3: Welcome back. I'm Stanford Chich, and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast. We are on the home straight. This is where Jonathan Kidd, who has been gargling and exercising his vocal cords all evening, this is the moment he has been waiting for and preparing for, and the moment that he does so wonderfully well. It's time for your emails.
0: <coughs> yes. Um. It, it, this first person is it? Alan G- Gavarin? Is it? Jude? Yeah. Something like that. Or- Gavurin, he's a Frenchman. Gavurin, uh, <coughs> Gavurin, guys, uh, first time emailer. No, I won't do it like that. Guys, first time emailer. I wanted to thank you for such a great show. I've only been listening for about twelve months. I sought you out when at a loss to understand what the was going on when we were exploding last year. I can't say that I was much the wiser. after. After listening to you all, but it was somehow comforting to know that we were all as confused as each other about the self destruction of our beloved Chelsea and the end of our beloved Jose. Even though I was devastated that Jose. Jose was sacked, it was clearly the right thing to do, as we clearly couldn't get rid of all the
1: players.
0: (laughs) I honestly have not had an ounce of worry that Jose was going to resurrect Manure. This is a man, albeit a once great man, who is seriously losing his once legendary ability to control everything around him. And where has he gone to? Into a boiling cauldron of football rivalry, where his neighbour is one of his greatest opponents. There is absolutely no way he will be able to control himself once the tiniest thing goes wrong. And as we've seen, plenty is not right. He's on a fast track to disaster. And as much as it pains me to see it, I hope the burnout is long, painful, and takes vast amounts of the Glazer's cash in its wake. The title of this email is, we are in safe hands. And I knew we were from the moment I watched the best game of Euro 16, Belgium versus Italy. Admittedly, I'm a massive Italianophile anyway. Buonasera, Marco, but what a complete joy it was to see Conte Conte's Italy beat Belgium. It was a complete performance, a tactical masterclass, and something Chelsea fans would appreciate possibly more than anyone else. For years we've become used to seeing tactically brilliant, tough, resolute, hard working teams prevail over tiki tacking fancy dance such as Arsenal and Barcelona. Whilst others have been critical of our approach, I have become absolutely thrilled with it. Grinding down teams technically more skilful than ours was a great pleasure and a joy to watch. I think of games like Man City away, when Matic beasted Toure, Liverpool away, Gerard's tragic slip, and Benfica away, Kalou crossing for Torres to score as fabulous matches – My favourite non-Chelsea example has to be Inter Milan going to Barcelona in the Champions League semi-final. Remind me who was their manager that day? Back to Belgium versus Italy. I loved how hard Italy worked and how they soaked up pressure from Belgium and hit them on the break. I realised we were A, watching the work of a brilliant manager and B, it was a parable. We were watching Chelsea 14-15, Italy, beat Chelsea 15-16. Belgium. As an aside, what on earth possessed the Belgians to appoint Roberto Martinez plus Thierry Henry as their new management team, when they should have poached Conte, or failing that, Roy Keane, to kick their brilliant group of chronic underachievers into shape. So, forza Conte, we couldn't be in better hands right now, and if Roman backs Conte up in the transfer market to strengthen the squad, the sky's the limit. Keep up the great work. Alan Gavarin at Rootless Cosmo. That's his email address. Oh, no. Is that the next one? Oh, sorry. Alan Gavarin. No, no,
3: that, no, you're right. You're right. No, his right, Twitter. Right, right, first, right. Yeah. It's his Twitter at, at handle at is Cosmo. It, At yeah. Cosmo. Well, that was a. Um, what, a what a. Fab, what fab email. A,
0: yeah.
3: It was, I just thought, well, how beautifully written. And I think, actually, do you know what? Here's a here's thing, Jonathan. And I would I, be interested to hear what you have to say about this. But when people write as beautifully as that. I think you read it out as beautifully. I mean, do you know what? That, do you know what that felt like? It felt like I was listening to Chelsea Jackanory.
0: <laughs>
3: it was soothing, was man. It? it was
0: really just so soothing. But you're absolutely right, Chidge. If it's written very well and easy to to read, it um, yeah. it's easy for me to uh, to give it, you know, to flow, to go with the flow of it. It's, well, uh, there we go. Take note, yeah, people. Well
3: <laughs> take note, people. Write beautifully, and then it'll sound just like like. I don't know like like treacle dripping onto your tongue uh anyway before i get too hot under the color we should move on um what i would like to say about that email was um what a what a wonderful um comparison really i think tactically between uh you know in a sense uh you know what conte has brought to the table but also you know this is the interesting thing for me um all those years we watched uh, and loved, as as Alan appears to have done, but we 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 love to watch uh, Chelsea play against far more adept teams technically and skillfully, uh, and completely nullify that. And you know, part the bus, mug them, call it what you will. And I mean, how much we all delighted in that. But what intrigues me at the moment, which actually you know, something weirdly we didn't we didn't really touch on this in the first two parts of the show. But we've got an incredibly uh, solid defence going on here at the moment. I mean, you know, six games, six clean sheets, and yet we're playing some of the, most, the best attacking football I've seen as play ever. So suddenly this man Conte has, you know, done both. And I mean, of course, and this is the happy Nirvana for Roman, of course, isn't it? Who, who just wants to see, you know, thunder, blood and thunder, you know, attacking flair football. But I'm, I'm going to ping that one to Clayton first.
2: Yeah, no, it was a great email. Um, I really liked it because it actually sounded like something I could have written, not probably as eloquently as that. It was was excellent. And I think all of us during the summer when we were watching the Euros, we were watching what Conte was doing with what was arguably the worst Italian national side I can ever remember and thinking, blimey. You know who was that guy? Jacarini is his name. Jacarini, the guy that was that <laughs> stunk the place out in Sunderland, who looked like a world beater, and then That's you had right, that. yeah. But Pele out front, who was basically as far away from a Pele as you could ever want when well, he played He was the Italian
3: Pele, wasn't he?
2: He was the Italian Pele. He looked great as well. So, and he saw his passion, and he thought, "Blimey, well, I, I, I just wonder whether he can do anything like that." But, but you make great point. You know, I think it is being lost. Well, maybe it's not lost because two weeks is a long time, isn't it? But, I mean, the performance against Everton was just... Uh, if you wanted, you know, if you wanted to say, you show me what an ideal performance could be that you'd love as a fan, you'd just pick that, wouldn't you? you just say, I'd like my team to play that every week, please. Thank you very much. And he's got that. I mean just brilliant absolutely brilliant but I don't I don't want it to be and I'm not I'm not sure this isn't where you're going and what you're saying but I don't you know like looking back and Jose didn't do this and Jose didn't do that you know I love Jose and he did I love a lot no I I I did preface that with I know you're not saying (laughs) that but I don't I don't want you know. Th- this is the thing, you know. Conte's been here five minutes and he's done a huge amount in five minutes. And let's have a look at, at what he's done at the end of the season. Yeah, you know? he ain't
3: won nothing yet. Exactly.
2: Um, so that that's all. You know, I just want to stop there.
3: Yeah, Dan, what what do you think of uh, of, of well of that email and what I said to add to it?
1: Um, first of all, a brilliantly written email. Very, very well stated, and some very, very good analogies there. I think that the, the stuff about Belgium and Italy is is, is spot on. Um, I think, um, but the, an awful lot of what Clayton said, though, is true um, about um, about Conte. You know, this is very, very early days, and and frankly, he's he's very, very quick to point that out himself. Um, after the game at Middlesbrough, um, he was asked, "Are uh, Chelsea our favourites to win the league?" And he said, "Hang on a minute, six games ago." I was favourite to be the next guy sacked in this, in this league. You know, can we take this one game at a time, please? Um, We will find out, won't we? I mean, whether or not it's a case of not quite beginner's luck or as looks far more likely given his um, heritage and his pedigree uh, with uh, Liverpool. My God, did I just say Liverpool? How did I do that? Yes, you did. With, um, with (laughs) Italy and with Juventus. I'm not sure where my thought was going on that with Italy and Juventus. Um, that there is something there that is some sort of borderline genius that can lift Chelsea to a new level that there are signs of at the moment. Um, as as Clayton said, by the end of the season, we'll surely know.
3: Very well put, Dan. And I, I think you're right. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you know, as I, as I said, it's all looking good, but we haven't won anything yet. And, and you know, it's really interesting actually because a lot of people ask me, journalists, what have you, oh, what do you think of Mourinho kind of expecting me to go, well, I'm bloody glad he's gone. And, and I never say, do I say, I, you know, I, I love the guy. I mean, you know, Jose Mourinho gave me more pleasure uh, that I've experienced as a Chelsea fan than than any other manager, apart from possibly Robbie Di Matteo. And at the end of the day, that was with Jose's team. So, you know, I, I will never forget what what Jose Mourinho brought to to this club, generally, and to me personally. So there you go, Jonathan. Final word on on this little subject for you.
0: Um. Uh, sorry I was just chatting to my daughter who's coming <laughs> she's here I'm failing here sorry oh, well,
3: how about the next email then
0: yeah I think perhaps I better do that really um, uh, yeah I had a point to make and she's just asked me when I'm finishing because she wants to play something sorry about that um, right this is from Kenroy D. Justin um, this has got some weird oh words in it,
3: so your daughter might need to... No, no,
0: she's gone. No, she's still here. I'm going to bleep them. I'm going to bleep them. She's going. She's going. She's going. Um, oh, my goodness. Where did you guys get this legendary intro tune? It comes on, and we're instantly hyped for the podcast. I mean, fan cast. Sometimes I have to listen to it twice. Anyway, hi, Chidge and the boys. I've supported Chelsea FC only since 2001. A mere token by the standards of ye old veterans, I know. I've I've been listening to the fancast a while now, but when I heard Chidge mention that he's been to St Lucia, 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 St Lucia, I knew I had to write in. After all, I am a St Lucian, presently living in Leeds. Before I get down to the football business, can someone ask Potty Mouth Tony to tone down his language, as he know he knows Chidge's mum listens every week. Mm. I mean, I don't know what the bleep that kind of language is all about for bleep sake. Tony is a legend, though. Anyway, on a serious note, I just wanted to talk about the new system for a bit. I know Tony in particular doesn't think it made a difference, but I think results don't lie. It's brought instant success since halftime at Arsenal and no one has even scored against it. It's kind of weird, I agree, but something has clearly just clicked. Here's how Thibaut Courtois explained it. It's a hard system to play against, he said, if you do it well and train it every day. And we train hard at it. You can see that in the games that, ev- that, everyone, knows, that everyone knows what to do, where to run and when to pressure. In a back three, which in defence goes to a back five almost, when one guy goes out to pressure, you still have four to cover. You're a bit more covered in defensive situations, so it's harder for opponents to get through. With wingbacks, it's hard for their winger or fullback to defend the wingback because he's always in between them both. So it's hard to know when to go out. And when he does go out, then Eden Hazard can go and Pedro can go on the back of the left back or the right back. Hazard's playing very well and obviously he has more freedom in attacking situations. Sometimes when we recovered the ball last season, he had to come from the back and now he's already higher up the pitch. So his actions can lead more to goals and assists. And that's maybe the biggest change. That was an interview on ESPN, he says. He's now back to to his email. It's clear, though, that we have the right players to play well in the system so far, which I guess is what Tony refers to when he says it's that players win games, not systems. I agree in that sense, as the rest of the chasing pack have not been able to pull off a Conte though Everton and Spurs and a couple of others have tried the 3-4-3. Salute to Conte, the class manager that he is for recognising the pieces that would make the puzzle work. As much as we love that Portuguese manager, you know the one I mean, it's coming to light how dire the football under under him became as we're now winning and, emphasis intended, playing awesome football. This brings me to Victor Moses. Someone said somewhere that he's an early contender for our player of the season. Many are surprised and singing his praises. I think many of us Chelsea fans aren't surprised, to be honest. Year after year, we watched him play well in pre-season, only to be sent out on loan. I, for one, always suspected that he was capable of what he's doing now, if given a good run. After all, that's why we ended up buying him in the first place, although I must admit he has added consistency to his game, and he can do with a little more shooting accuracy. It'll be interesting to see who can provide backup for him at wing-back. William maybe, Azpilicueta. If Zuma fills in as a right centre-back, I'm guessing we'd be... Sorry, that should be Azpilicueta. If Zuma fills in as a right centre-back, I'm guessing we'd be asking a lot of Branislav to play there. He's lost a yard of pace. As for the rest of our squad, just a couple more questions. Do you guys think that John Obi can play back up for Matic or Kante? Or is he finished? I guess possibly it's Chalaber's time. Can Oscar and William fill in nicely at the front for Hazard or Pedro? We're also short of a spare left wing back, I think, unless Aspe can shift to that side when called upon to do so by the Don. These are all questions to be answered in January, I'm guessing. But to be honest, I'm not worried, as this guy Conte looks the real deal. Having been through some false hope managers in the past, the Avram Grants, the Scolari's, especially the AVB, etc., etc., Antonio finally looks the real deal. As their tradition has it, we can apparently ask him for anything on his daughter's wedding day, and he cannot refuse. I'm going to ask him to bring back Frank Lampard on his staff, but more importantly... To bring us the title. Blue is the colour. Chelsea. Chelsea is our name. Keep the blue flag flying. Hi. Kenroy D. Justin.
3: Another superb, fantastico email. Uh, there's a couple of things I'd just like to clear up before we get into discussing and hopefully answering one or two of uh, Kenroy's wonderful questions. Uh, the first one is... Uh, the. Uh, The legendary intro tune is a song called uh, Getting By But Only Just, which seems to be very appropriate for this show, but it's written and performed by a fantastic band called The Beautiful Game. Uh, And uh, Lawrence and Jason, the singer, Lawrence, the lead guitarist, are both great friends of the show. They've been on a few times. Massive, massive Chelsea fans, as is their bassist, Pablo, who, of course... Is one of the uh, the old the older you know originals of the Chelsea fan cast when we used to do it in Putney, so they're great mates. And uh, many moons ago, when we had this on TV, and we needed a you know a, a, a kind of a, a, an intro music to the show, I asked Lawrence if we could could use a snippet of his song. And of course, Lawrence, being the trooper that he is, said yes, mate, no problem. It'd be lovely uh, for us if you could use it. Uh, and there you go. And actually, talking of the beautiful game, there's information on them on the website under the our friends bit. Second point, uh, Jonathan, um, St Lucia. It's St Lucia, man. Not St Lucia or St Lucia. St oh, Lucia, God. man. I've, I've
0: been there, Chidge. I don't know what I'm doing. Have you? Did you? I when did you go have, there? Uh, ten years ago with a, uh, an old girlfriend.
3: What a fantastic place it is, mate.
0: Yeah, they've got... Um, yeah, it was just... Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. brilliant. Really I love it there.
3: I, I really, I've been there about three or four times. I absolutely love it. So Kenroy, if you're from there, mate, it's fantastic. The one thing I've not done at St. Lucia, which I'd really like to do, is to, to watch uh, a cricket match there, which uh, annoyingly I keep going there when there is no cricket, which is a bit stupid. Uh, but do send my love to St. Lucia, even though I know you're in Leeds. Um, and the third thing is, I don't think he was digging you out for being a potty mouth, Tony. I think he was uh, being ironic. I think he quite likes a bit of pottiness in his mouth uh when it comes to potty mouths tony is probably uh one of the most um well i think he's rather expert at it that's what i'm trying to say probably closely followed by me uh, if, if, if you've ever had the chance to talk to me and tony in the pub then you'll know exactly what i mean and by that i mean that we tone it down considerably for this show when we're on there don't we tony uh, and anyway my mum is also a bit potty mouth although if she knew that i'd said that she would probably be very cross so the i'm gonna attract that
0: the show would be twice as long chidge if you spoke normally
3: well, you know what they say, don't you? They say that actually people uh, who uh, have potty mouths and who swear prolifically uh, tend to have much larger Super vocabulary than normal people. Yes, Super so intelligence. So en- enough of the, um, um, you know, clarifications or whatever you want to call them. Um, yes, we are very eloquent swear- swearers, Tony, as he just said on, uh, on Mixer. Um, we should try and address some of the points that Kenroy made. And uh, the first Can thing I- that I remember, well, Victor Moses, we kind of touched on this earlier on the show, didn't we, Dan? Um, but, I, you know, I, I, I the, the one thing that I draw from what's happening with Moses at the moment, I don't think it's necessarily that he's being played in the right position because that wasn't really his position before. I think what's happened with Moses is that he's, you know, the manager clearly has confidence in him and he is now confident as a result. Whereas hitherto, he wasn't shown a lot of love. I think we know anecdotally that Jose shut you out if he wasn't interested in you. Um, so maybe the difference between players like uh, Moses excelling is that they feel loved and and they have confidence. What what do you think, Dan?
1: Yeah, I think there's an awful lot in that. um, It was touched on a little bit earlier in the show. Victor Moses, of course, has has got a very interesting and quite harrowing personal story. He lost both of his parents when he was very, very young. And we also talked earlier about the success that we've seen from uh, Chalabar coming through. And he, of course, also lost a parent um, when he was quite young. And I, I wonder if there might be something in the fact that um, they've now got a, a guy who's who's very big in their lives, who is showing them a lot of attention, who is also telling them that they're important people in his life, and the important people is in his setup at work, and and that is obviously bearing great great dividends, um, and they're both looking like great um, prospects for the season ahead and maybe more. Um, one of the other things that that um, uh, Kenroy touched on, I think, was the three four three and how uh, you know, it, it might become a bit of a fashion. I, I'd love 3-4-3 to become a fashion, and it's for this reason. As we saw against Everton, if you play it well, you play it incredibly well. If you play it badly, you play it terribly. And Everton looked a shambles playing 3-4-3, yes. and we play it very, very well. So I'd love like every team in the league to play 3 because I think Chelsea would then win the league, um, quite frankly. Um <laughs> And I'll just say one other thing on which Kenroy touched on, and that is that uh, this this Italian myth uh, on the day of a man's daughter's marriage that you can ask him anything you want. I'm sorry to tell you that Conte's daughter is still at school, so you've got a little bit of a wait.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Quality, Dan. I tell you what, though, Clayton, um, I would agree with Kenroy in that. I would love to see Frank Lampard come back in any capacity at Chelsea, wouldn't you?
2: Yeah, I would, but I've, well, you say any capacity? Well, not not
3: playing, obviously, not, yeah, but you know, on the coaching on the
2: stuff. side. But yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm not sure that's going to happen. To be perfectly honest, certainly not in the immediate future. Because I mean, if you're talking about an ambassadorial role, I think he's not. I don't mean in a demeaning way, but I think he's better than that. And I think he's got a lot more to offer than just basically showing people around a, a nice box and giving them a a, a drink. I think he'll probably want to get into coaching. Um, and once he's got his badges, yeah, I think it'd be absolutely brilliant, um, because he's Chelsea, and, and we—you mentioned Michael Ballack's tweeting. I mean, I don't know what he's doing at the moment, but I mean, I love the fact that you know yeah. this is a guy who is is sort of Bayern Munich through and through, and all he can talk about is us. Or I don't yes. obviously we don't I don't follow him on Twitter, so I don't know if he does the same for Bayern Munich. Well, I just wonder—is he—is he sort of—is he looking for a job? <laughs> I mean, you know, I think all of us would love, um, you know, this this is interesting in its own, you know, this thing about Emanalo, we're playing really well at the moment. So he's off the radar. Nobody mentions him. Nobody's got, nobody's on his case. Nobody's giving him grief. Isn't that, you know, that, that just sums the whole thing up. I mean, a lot of people have talked about Balak perhaps coming in as our director of football, which I'd love. Um, to be the case, but uh, yeah, no, I mean it'd be lovely to see Frank back when, when he's ready and, and when he when he can offer something uh, on a playing side. I mean, coaching rather than actually playing himself.
3: You know what, Jonathan? One of the things that intrigues me, which which Clayton touches upon there, and and this needs to be very quickly our final point because we need to go. But um, it never ceases to amaze me how many um, you know former Chelsea players who also have associations with other clubs. Just fall in love with Chelsea, you know uh, I mean Ballack's a very, very good example, but there are, there, there are many 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 others.
0: it must be something very special about the club that we 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 don't really appreciate yeah, I think we're, we're very quick to get in and uh, and criticize, but uh, the fact that they're they're so keen to to be involved must must say a lot about you know I, 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 the fact that we're, we're too critical. I think we demand too much. I think we've, our expectations have been enormous, and we keep expecting them to be uh, um, right up there every year. It's, uh, I, I demand it, in fact. Um, but um, uh, I, I think it means that, that uh, if the players want to be involved, I think there's something very good going on. Um, Do you so, know? Can
2: I? Sorry. Sorry to. Yeah. Just very jump quickly, in, Clayton. The, the one person who I actually th- I can't understand, but it seems to be in that camp, is Morelesh. Yeah. He was at our club for like no time at all. <laughs> but he's always he's always tweeting and uh, was yeah. it um balletti as well
3: yeah. yeah yeah and it's not just i mean the interesting thing is it's not just the kind of the recent generation as in the last 10 years but you go back to the 90s They're the i mean rude Hullit, for example is a good example i mean he loves chelsea fiali loves chelsea you go back to the 80s and the 70s Zona. and these players yeah these yeah these players still have there is something, I think, quite special about this club. And I think Jonathan's right. We, we all love it and we all think it's special and all of that. But there's, there's something that within the club that these players really, you know, get into that they just absolutely love. This is, this is a subject for another day, I know. But Dan, a quick final point on that. Have you got any, any ideas about that?
1: I think a lot of it is down to three words. West London, baby. Um, I think it's just a really, really good place to live. And, and, and all the, the foreign players, particularly when they come in, uh, they tend to set up home right in the middle of uh, Fulham or in Chelsea. They're in the middle of it all. They're, they're a stone's throw from, from the West End. Uh, and, you know, London's obviously the best city in the world. And I won't hear anything different said on <laughs> the subject. Um, and, you know, these are people, as as uh, um, Jimmy Greaves said very yeah. eloquently many years ago, who are living in the most glamorous part of the most glamorous city in the world, Chelsea.
3: It's funny that, you know, I was thinking of uh, that wonderful uh, Jimmy Greaves quote when we were talking about this. There was only one thing I would add to this, which I'm very disappointed that none of you have mentioned. Um, do you not think it has something to do with the supporters and the love that they give some of these players? I, would, and we yeah, are I was br- actually thinking know? that. The, the we, we never that boo when, them. We, yeah, we exactly. don't boo them. We welcome back. them back. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so maybe we should take some of the credit. Now, we really do need to go because we're really out of time. But before we do, uh, I just want to point out, thank you so much for your emails. We really do love receiving them. So... Um, brilliant. You know, do pick, brilliant. Yeah, they're great. great. So I, you know, in a way, Jonathan, it's my, it's almost like my favourite point of the show. Not not least because I don't have to talk much. Too because I could listen to you all day because you have such a lovely voice to listen to. Oh, yeah. and, but I was and, wondering and
0: actually, if they could actually send in a hell of a lot, then we don't need to have the programme.
3: <laughs> well, exactly. Well I mean this is the thing, we can wing it, there's no structure to it. I love that. And we can just have a busk a bit. I love that. You know, it's what it's all about. So look, thank you people. We do love getting your emails. Keep sending them in. Uh, and send them to Chelseafancast at gmail dot com before Monday uh because I tend to write the script on a Monday. So if you do, if you send them in like in the afternoon on Monday, there's a chance it won't make it. But if you do send them we will always read them out because we're like that. Now, sadly that is all we've got time for this week. Uh we'll be back next Monday, the twenty eighth of November, when I will be joined by the silky voiced Jonathan Kidd. Uh we'll, we'll be joined, be yes, uh we'll be joined by Dan Silver and also the legendary Reverend Tony Glover, who has been entertaining people in Mixler all evening, I believe. And, of course, we will be reporting back on the match against Spurs. Uh, before that, of course, don't forget to download the next Kerry Dixon preview show, which will probably be out on Friday. Uh, Acast, iTunes, SoundCloud, it goes out on all of those places. Uh, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast, me at StamfordChid, uh, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Clayton at Goalie59, and Dan at Dan Levine. And, of course, check out our newfangled website, ChelseaFanCast.com. Many thanks to my wonderful guest this week, Jonathan. Thank you.
0: Thank you. A joy as always, Chidge. Thank you. Yeah, lovely to speak to you. Being been a while, guests. great guest. Great guest. Yeah,
3: it's always nicer when it's been a bit of a break. I miss you guys. Uh, Dan, always a pleasure to have you on the show, mate.
1: Excellent to be here. Thanks for uh, having me.
3: We'll get you back on hopefully before the year is out. And uh, finally, Clayton, lovely to have you on. Sorry we, we didn't get you on the other week.
2: No, that's that's absolutely um a pleasure to be on and thank you very much as always for inviting me. Just a very, very quick I know run out of time. I read Poppy uh by Walter Otton and it's fantastic. It's it's a it's a roller coaster of a ride. If you get an opportunity to purchase it, then do so. Uh there'll be probably copies on the CFC UK stall next to my book. I'll just say that. Hear. Um, but um, it, it's, what's, it's what's the name of your book, by, uh, Clayton? Palp- palpable Discord. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, we, we haven't got time to talk about that. Sadly, yeah, we don't no, have time to no, talk about Clayton. I've just run book, out of time. To, okay,
3: yeah. no, thank but you. Brilliant, very much no, again, absolutely. Brilliant. Fantastic stuff. Stop talking, Clayton. Thank you. Right, you lot. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, keep it chills. Up the chill! Up the chills!